I want to ask you, what do you think? I wonder what you think. Do you think that God has brought you this far to just finish it now? Do you think that this weapon will actually prosper against you? Do you not think that God will show up for you just like he's done a thousand times before? There's not a prison that hell has formed that God can't break into. There's not a crisis that the enemy could conjure that God can't conquer. What do you think? That he's just going to leave us now? That he's just going to let you go to ruin? That all of this has just been for nothing? That he gave you dreams just so you could watch them burn? That's not my God. I want to ask you, what do you think? Does what you think about your current circumstance reflect how you think and feel about God? Does the situation that you face right now, right here, in this time, in your turn, dictate the level of belief that He's working all things out? Because Romans 8 says all things, all things, not some things, not just the good things, but all things. And so the question is, is can you endure in praise while you're surrounded by pain? Can you anchor yourself in God while what you witness isn't good? What do you think? Do you think that you can do it? Do you think that you can hold on to a promise in the midst of all of this horror? Do you think that you can keep in faith when the story so far says fear? What do you think? Because God thinks that you can make it because he's still got a plan. It's still not over. It's still not done. They rolled the stone over the tomb and they thought that it was the end, but they didn't know that when they buried him, he was a seed. And while no one was watching, he went down and he took the keys and he unlocked the gates. And now we can stay in faith. We can remain in peace. Now we can stand on the solid rock, even when the world around us looks shaken. What do you think? Because God's got some thoughts about you and they're better than the ones that you have about him. So remain in faith. Remain in the fight. Remain in hope. Remain in courage. Remain in belief. Remain in his word. Remain in worship. Remain in praise. Remain in his miracle work in power. John 15 verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Hey there, Liverpool One Church. We are so glad that you are joining us right here online this weekend. Happy Easter to each and every one of you. We know right now things look a lot different for you as it does do for us. We've never done Easter like this before. Everything's changing and the truth is we've got no idea right now how long this is going to keep going on for. But Nonetheless, we're so happy and so pleased that you're here this Easter at Liverpool One Church. Yeah, you know, it's a real privilege that we get the opportunity to come into your living rooms and into your homes. And I am so glad that God is not confined to a building. I'm so glad that we don't have to box God into a church environment of one room. But hey, that we are able to just bring the good news of the living word of God right to you where you are today. Yeah. 
And because it's Easter, undoubtedly we're going to in part unpack pieces of the Easter story. But let me just start by saying this, like whoever you are and wherever you are from, we're delighted that you're here. And if you're a Bible person, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian and you're checking us out online, maybe for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. We're delighted that you found us. But also let me just say this, like if you're just, if you've just been sent this link or you are surfing the web and you've come across this YouTube channel or our online platform right now, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm not a Bible person. I'm not a Christian. I'm not really even celebrating Easter, but I'm just intrigued. I'm just interested to see what this is all about. Then honestly, we are really delighted that you are with us. Because in this season, we know that how life has changed for us all. Even the fact that we're doing an online platform of church is quite different, especially from our own living room, right? That's why today we're going to be talking about how it is possible for you to remain hope-filled even during hopeless times. Because the truth is, that's what it feels like right now to many. I understand that whether it be directly or indirectly, but this whole coronavirus, it is turning our lives upside down. Now, for some of you, it's changing routines and that's frustrating you, changing your working habits and we get it, that's frustrating too. But then there are others amongst you And like, we feel your pain right now and we are praying for you because you have been directly affected by this disease. Either you've got sick and maybe you're on the mend right now, or maybe you're in the, still on the recovery process, or maybe, maybe you're one of the ones even within our own church family that has lost loved ones already because of this. And, and we get it that this season can feel to many like it's just really quickly got hopeless. And we want to talk about that topic. How do you stay hope-filled even during hopeless times? How do you remain faithful to God when actually it feels like it would just be easier to walk away because of everything else that's going on around us? And the very first thing that we want to start off by saying, and we're going to kind of look at a really brief passage of scripture that's referenced in Corinthians in a moment, but but let me just say this. We understand right now that because of the season, it could feel hopeless for a lot of people. But I want you to know that you're in good company, especially if you were sat in the company of the early disciples who were around Jesus around this very time period that we now call Easter. They knew exactly what it was like to live life in hopeless times. They knew exactly what it felt like to them to almost be living as though somebody had completely pulled the rug away from underneath their feet. I mean, just imagine this scenario for a moment. Here are the disciples, they're following Jesus from town to town, village to village, city to city, and they're seeing him doing miracle signs and wonders. I mean, all of the New Testament recounts all many of the acts that Jesus actually conducted. I mean, they saw the dead raised back to life again. How crazy is that? They saw people with leprosy healed. They saw the blind given sight and they were so adamant. They had so many reasons to be full of hope when they were walking with Jesus because they were adamant. Jesus was gonna be their savior. They were adamant. Jesus was the one and only son of the one and only God. And they were doing life together thinking, well, this is great. This is awesome. And many of us now looking back, 
even just prior to March in the UK anyway, or prior to this COVID-19 season, we can look back on that season of our life and feel like, well, life was just easier back then when our routine was such, when schools were in, when things were just working the way that they are. We can look back on those times and seasons and feel like, man, that was just so much better. Well, they were living in that time. They were in that season when they were feeling like, this is the best time to be alive. Yeah. We're running with Jesus. He's doing miracles. The crowds are coming. Everybody's following him. And yet, in an instant, it was like everything changed. I mean, literally, within the space of just three days, like everything got turned completely upside down on its head for these guys. They were once hope-filled, and now they found themselves completely hopeless. I mean, Judas, who was part of their team, one of their inner guys, one of their friends, well, he betrayed Jesus, and that led to the Roman army coming out and the soldiers arresting Jesus. There was a bit of a fracas in the Garden of Gethsemane when Peter drew out his sword and lopped off the ear of one of the soldiers, and then Jesus had to do another miracle and kind of patch his ear back on. It was crazy. And then Jesus ended up being taken before an illegal court with Pontius Pilate, where he ended up being sentenced to death, beaten, battered, bloodied, for something that he hadn't even done right. And now, imagine the contrast in those seasons. One minute, they're following Jesus everywhere and everybody's full of hope. And the next minute, they're looking upon Jesus on the cross and they're like, this wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to be this way. And that's what we can all relate to, yeah. especially in this season. Jobs are changing. Financial circumstances for some are becoming more uncertain. Health is becoming more questionable and it's tough. It's difficult. And I want us to look into the life of scripture and maybe some of these early followers of Jesus to see what we can really learn and glean from them to understand how did they end up remaining strong in their faiths, faith, even though they were thinking like it's probably the best time to walk away. So Corinthians 13, it talks about like a load of stuff about love. And if you've ever got married, you've probably had this scripture read out at your wedding. But the very um, ending of Corinthians 13, it talks about how that there are three things that if you're able to wrap these three elements into your faith, it becomes possible for you to remain hope-filled even during hopeless times. And the three things are hope, faith, and love. So M, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you think about how we can stay hope-filled even during hopeless times? Yeah, I think for us to be able to um, remain in faith, hope and love, we first have to understand what that actually looks like. And if we take the first one being faith and we talk about that, then I think a lot of the time people... Um, misunderstand the difference between belief, having a belief and having a faith. Often those two things are put into the one context, but they're actually two very different um, things. A belief is something that it's a system that we believe. It's a system that we learn to believe according to what we've read about, what we've learned, what we see, what we hear. It creates a belief system within us. But your belief system um, is not the same as faith. Belief is something that you gain, but a faith is something that is given and it is given to every single one of us by God. 
And you may say, well, I don't have faith, but we all have an element of faith because it talks in the book of Hebrews about faith being, um, it, it, faith is um, believing for the things that we cannot see. And we all have a faith because we all know what it is to fear and fear is faith in reverse. And fear is when, we, when we're afraid, it's always because we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what we cannot see. But if you were to flip that round into the positive and call it faith in God, it is believing in the things of God that you cannot see, but you believe that they will be. And so it's a little bit like the wind. We can't see the wind, but we understand the effects of the wind in our lives. For me, I don't understand electricity at all, but I have a confidence. I have an assurance that when my finger hits that switch, that the light is going to come on. And I think if I can have faith, in an electrical system, then I can have a faith in a God and it's a knowing, it's a believing that God is going to do what his word promises that he will do. And I think the thing about faith that fascinates me is that often we can think that people who have faith in God, they have this rock solid, unwavering, never moving type of faith all of the time. And yet, you know, what's fascinating to me is that these early disciples, the ones that were at one point in time so full of hope, who found themselves completely hopeless. Well, actually, even when we talk about Easter and the story of Jesus being resurrected and brought back to life, which, look, that's a big pill to swallow right there. That's not easy for people to believe. And when we talk about how do we remain full of faith and remain in our faith, even in these hopeless times, For me, I want to encourage you and say, this was no easy thing for these early disciples to believe either. In fact, in Luke 24, it reads this. I'm just going to read this short passage of scripture, but I think that this will encourage you to let us all know that there's hope for us all in terms of how and the way in which that we place our faith in God, because this is what the scripture tells us. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Now, they're talking about when they went to the tomb and they found that the stone had been rolled away and Jesus's body was no longer there. They knew that Jesus, they're suspecting that maybe somebody had moved his body or could the impossible have happened? Like, has he even been raised back to life? Is that what's happening right here? And then, this is the response, verse 11. But the story, check this, sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe. In other words, the whole story of Jesus being resurrected from the cross, well, even those that ran with Jesus from town to town, village to village, didn't even believe it in the first instance. So in other words, sometimes we give ourselves maybe a bit of a hard time and think that, well, maybe my faith isn't valid to God because I don't believe as much as they do. Or you watch someone preaching online and you think, man, I just wish I could have faith like them. Actually, the faith that you've got is just about perfect for being accepted by God. If God can take the faith of these early disciples who didn't even, they thought it was nonsense. If he can use their faith, 
then I'm confident that he can take our faith too. Yeah, and I think it's important to understand about faith as well, that when we're talking about faith and belief being something different, that your belief system can change over time the more you learn. But faith is something that grows. If it's cultivated right, it grows. And you don't have to know everything about God and you don't have to know the Bible inside out and upside down to to grow your faith. But as you come to understand the character of God a little bit more, you begin to trust him with more. And the more that you trust and lean into God, the more your faith begins to grow. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really important to know that our faith can grow. So if we're going to try and together learn the art of remaining full of faith, even in challenging times and circumstances, how do we continue to remain in hope during this season as well? Yeah. So hope is in God is different to what hope looks like in the world. I don't know if you've ever just hoped for something in the natural, but I find that hoping in the natural, it's where you wring in your hands and it's like wishful thinking, I hope that it happens. Whereas a hope in God is a knowledge, it is a confidence, it's an assurity that that which you believe for, that God will do. I always say it's um, the world has a, a hope to hope, and we have a no to hope. In other words, Ooh, yeah. Glory. <laughs> we have a no to hope. Um, in other words, we know that what we hope for in God will come to pass. Let, let me put it to you like this. Many of us in this season, we've been reading from Psalm 91 and the opening line of Psalm 91 says, those who live under the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty God. And the key word there is rest. So when you have a hope in God, you are able to rest in the waiting. Mm -hmm. Well, where you have a hope in the world, you are just anxiously waiting for something to come to pass. But there is just a rest mm -hmm. when you're in God. And for me, I've always had um I've always had this saying that you laugh at all the time, but I call it um I call hope my rope. And um, the reason I do that is because I always think about a little ship on, on the sea. And if we were that little ship and God was the anchor, then the rope is the thing that holds the two things together. And so I always have hope is my rope. That's my strap line because <laughs> I Hashtag always- hope is my rope, everybody. Hope is my rope. But here's the thing, for as long as that boat is connected to the anchor with the rope, then there is an assurity that it's not gonna drift too far, that it's not gonna be tossed around in the storm. But the thing is what happens is, so often we cut our rope. We don't lose our belief in God, but we end up cutting our rope of hope and therefore we're subject to drift. Therefore, we don't have the confidence and we don't have the assurity that what we're believing for, we will one day see if we sever that rope of hope. And I think as well, talking about hope, it can always be about a matter of perspective too. Yeah. Um, I was just reading a news article yesterday and what was interesting to me is that the headline of the article just read, 25% of Brits 
don't agree with police stance. And what the article was all about, and don't worry, this isn't a political statement or even anything about dissing the police. I think they've got an incredibly difficult job to do. But I think that it was an article that was about how, because of the current social distancing measures, there were a lot of people being very highly critical about the way in which the police were policing those that were outside when maybe the stipulations would say that they shouldn't be. But the headline was 25% of Brits, you know, in other words, don't agree with this. What was fascinating to me was I thought to myself, so only 25%, only one quarter? So really what that's telling us is that there are 75% of people True. all thinking that the police are out there doing what's necessary, doing a great job. And yet what's reported on is the 25% yeah. that don't agree. And I think that sometimes hope is a little bit like that. You've always got to keep a good gauge of perspective and decide ahead of time that even in the spate of maybe negative news and misinformation, disinformation, that we're going to believe a good report. You know, I always think it's a great thing to do about people. Always be willing to believe a good report. Yeah. Even when things are challenging and complex, always choose the perspective from which you want to look at a particular situation, especially when it comes to your faith life. And bear this in mind as well. If you feel like you struggle with the idea of hoping in God, like hoping that there can be better times, hoping that there can be a new dawn or a better month, a better year ahead of you, if you struggle with that, again, I just want you to know you're in great company if you were sat in the presence of the early disciples. Why? Nobody was sat outside the tomb yeah. counting down from 10, going 10, here he comes, nine. Jesus is going to be resurrected, eight. It's going to be any moment now, seven, six. Nobody was there at all because they weren't hoping for yeah. that. They had no idea that something good could come yeah. out of that. Yeah. And again, I just want to encourage you, like if you struggle with hope, you're not alone. We all struggle with this, but there is a way if we keep our perspective right that we can all remain hope-filled even during hopeless times. Yeah. But the third thing we're going to talk about is the idea about remaining in love. So, Em, tell us your thoughts. Yeah, I think um, when the word talks about remaining in love, I think it's important that we understand that love is not something that God gives, but love is who He is. And there what we have on the earth today is just a version of love. And so often it's very feelings based. We identify love with everything good. And you know, it's not always that way. I love my kids. So as I've raised them, I haven't given them everything they've wanted. And because I love my kids, I have disciplined them when they've needed it. And because I love my kids, I've given them direction when they fought me on it a lot of the time. It's not what they've wanted to do, but them being the child have not got the uh, foresight and the wisdom that I as the adult have over the direction and what is best for their lives. And I think so often that we find it hard to remain in love. So many people I find have a love-hate relationship with the church, a love-hate relationship with God. Like when life is good, they're all in. And then when life gets tough, they're yeah. all out. I think yeah. there's many people now saying, well, if God so loved the world, why is this craziness happening all around us? And I think it's important to understand that God 
does love the world so much so that he gave his one and only son. The word says that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, not perish, but will have everlasting and eternal life. And so as we understand the love of God, we have to understand that there is going to be seasons in our life when God when God is working for us and He's working on us and He's loving us, but it looks different to what we might interpret love as. There are some times when God wants to bless you and there's other times that He will stretch you. There's some times that God will cause you to go wow and other times it will make you go ow. There are times when God wants to... Um, you know, use your life. There's good times when God wants to prune your life, but it's all in His love. And He always does what is best for us, our children. And so my advice to you is even in this season where we're finding life, all of us are finding life complicated and um, and hard right now. I think it's important that we remain in His love. We remain in His Word. And though we walk out these times upon the earth, we know that His love never fails. His love never gives up on us. Yeah. And in the same way that I would encourage you to always keep your perspective uh, correct in terms of how you view hope, I would say that the one thing that you've got to consider as far as how to remain in love, even in love with your faith, in love with God, in love with Jesus in this time, is to really understand the power of proximity. You know, the, the isolation creates distance. Yeah. That's what happens even in a relationship that would very easily happen. I mean, people say, you know, distance makes the, the, the heart grow fonder. I don't know how true that is, because the further you are away from somebody, the the easier it is to forget what they're like and to forget of their ways and to forget of their words. And I would just say, if you're really struggling right now to remain in love with your heavenly father, who absolutely loves you, by the way. But if you're struggling with that, I would just say, you've got to be intentional in this season just to make sure that you are drawing close to him in the same way that James, who was the very brother of Jesus, I mean, how difficult would that be, right? To, in, to, to get your own brother to believe that you are the son of God. And yet we find that the New Testament in part is built on the accounts and the documentation of James, the very brother of Jesus. He writes in James 4, he says, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. Meaning that if you will come near to God, then he will come near to you. But that doesn't happen if you choose to make yourself an island. That doesn't happen if you choose to live life in isolation. In fact, I think that you can find Jesus on your own, but you can't follow him on your own. Yes. It's real difficult to follow Jesus on your own. That's why I would encourage you, like, make sure you're part of a local life-giving church. And even if you don't live in Liverpool, then you can still hook us up, DM us, put a comment on, and we'll, we'll recommend a local church that's life-giving, that's going to be close and easy for you to access. Because we really do want you to be able to remain in faith, in hope, and in love in this season, yeah. but especially where love is concerned, yeah. you've got to intentionally draw close to God. Yeah. And I think it's really worth mentioning that you are never more loved than you are right now, whoever you are. And in these times of isolation, where we can feel so disconnected with people, when we feel like we can't get close to those that we love, you need to know this right now, whether you believe it, or not, 
is irrelevant. The fact is, God loves you. And right there in your home, outside of the building of a church, you can pray to him and you can ask him to show him your to show for him to show you his love for him to be close to you right now because as you open your mouth and pray he's right there for you and we believe it's possible that even in these hopeless times that you can still remain full of faith, hope and love. Why? Because Jesus was resurrected from the grave to make that possible for each and every one of us. On this day, he was brought back to life to give us a chance of relationship with him. But I would say, don't believe that just because the Bible says that. Believe it because of those that wrote and authored the scriptural documents that we now have placed our entire life in. Believe it because Matthew saw and documented all the works of Jesus. Believe it because Mark spent time with Peter and the risen Jesus. In other words, think of it like this. He ran with Jesus doing miracles, saw Jesus' body crucified, and then ran and saw with him again after he'd been brought back to life. How crazy is that? Believe because of what John saw. Believe because of what Peter said. Another person that spent time with the resurrected Christ after he was brought back to life. Believe because James believed, the very brother of Jesus. Believe because Paul, the chief persecutor of the church, the one whose job it was to close down the churches and arrest all the Christians. His job was to murder those that followed the way. And yet he too put his faith, his hope and his love and his love in Jesus Christ because he understood that it was made possible because Jesus's life was given on the cross for each and every one of us. But it didn't stop there. He was brought back to life, raised back to life by the very power of God so that today, those that believe in him, anyone from anywhere that puts their faith in him can have everlasting life. It's true. And I'm just having a thought as you're speaking there. I'm like, you know, we're living in a day and an age where our churches are empty and we can look at that almost negatively. I'm sad not to be with the church family this Easter. But whilst the church is empty, the grave is empty too. Absolutely. And I just think that it's, it's just, it's so powerful. The grave is empty because Jesus Christ is alive. He's living and well. He's upon the earth right now in the form of his spirit. And he's here for you and he's here for us. And he is still building his church, even in this crazy season when we cannot be together. Mm. You know, and in just a few moments, we're going to come back on. But before we do, I just want you to sit back, chill out, relax, wherever you are. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. It's called Living Hope. And Josh is going to sing it all on his own. But as he does, allow these words to just inspire you and encourage you that even in hopeless times, we can still be filled with faith, hope, and love. How great the chasm that lay between us 
How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope Who could imagine so great a mercy What heart could fathom such boundless grace The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame The cross is spoken I am forgiven The King of Kings calls me His own Beautiful Savior I'm yours forever Jesus Christ my living hope Hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Hallelujah Death has lost its grip on me You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ My living hope It's grip on me You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living hope Then came the that sealed the promise Your buried body began to breathe Out of the silence A roaring lion Declared the grave has no claim on me Then came the morning That sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence a roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus yours is the Set me free, hallelujah 
death has lost its grip on me You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living hope Hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Hallelujah Death has lost its grip on me You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my this message has helped you today. We hope that it has spoken into your life and your situation, however that might find you right now. We also would like to just take this opportunity to pray with you. I don't know if you know what it is to have a hope in God, but maybe this could be the day that that all changes for you. There's a song that we sing in church and the lyrics in it say this, that I have a hope to hold, an anchor for my soul, and through every storm, it is you that I will hold on to. And so we firmly believe that Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. And we'd like to pray with you right now, and maybe you too can make that decision and make that the confession of your faith today to accept him as your Lord and Saviour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that today that I understand there is a hope in the promise of the cross. That when you sent your one and only Son to die for us because you loved us so much, that God, that that there is hope in life eternal. I thank you, God, as today I understand that he did not remain in that grave, but he rose to life. And today I choose to put my life into his hands. I ask, Lord God, as I pray this prayer, that you would flood my life with your light. I repent for the sins and the wrong things that I have done today. I accept you as Lord and Saviour and I put my life and my hope and my beliefs in your hands. Amen. Well, hey, if that was you and you prayed that prayer today, then we celebrate you and we would love to see you set up strong on your journey of faith. If you've made that decision and you're watching on YouTube, then you can just click the link below. But if you're watching via our website, then you can click on the button that says raise your hand. And we'd like to see you start off your journey well. We'd like to send you a Bible and just make contact with you and we think you've made the best decision of your life. Thanks so much for joining us online today and if you've made that decision to follow Jesus we think you've made the best decision 
ever. But before you go, I just wanna share with you very briefly about something incredible that we've got going on right now in the life of our church and talk to you about a really specific way that you can get involved. Because right now, our city care teams are really making a difference. And we would love you to financially partner with us in this time and in this season. This week, you have been involved in feeding in excess of 900 people who are elderly and vulnerable that live all across our Liverpool city region. And this, through our city care initiatives, is only made possible because of your financial support. We're partnering with other local organisations really intent on making a difference. We want to work alongside the heroes in our community that are intentional about making sure that food and vital supplies are getting into the hands of those that need it most in this coronavirus season that we're all facing challenges with. But right now, my request of you is this. Would you be willing to help us more? Would you be willing to help us feed more? Because at present, local council and community wards have asked us to increase supplies from 900 to 3,000 meals a week. And we can't do this on our own. But with your help, through our city care initiatives, you can really be involved in making the difference. You can do that by a number of ways. You can head online and give via the website and simply tag your giving as coronavirus, or you can give direct to bank account, simply referencing coronavirus. Thank you. Well, hey, I hope you've enjoyed our online service today. And don't forget to check out our specially created worship playlist on Spotify by searching Liverpool One Church in your Spotify app or hitting the link in the description below. Thanks for watching and have a great week.